Hello and welcome to another episode of Tales of Tormented Space. Not, we're still not quite back to Tormented Space, are we? True. We're still in orbit around Earth and the actual Earth this time. So Earth orbit. Tales orbit. from Earth. Mm, kind yes. of anticlimactic. Tales from LEO. Ooh, that is my favorite prog pop synth band. Did I do oh, that right? Uh, is that, I think you're talking about ELO. Mm. Was I? I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> that would be convenient if that was indeed... Because I think that I was thinking of OMD, which... Oh. <laughs> from Made of New Orleans. Oh, okay. But yes. Orchestral I'm, Maneuvers in the Dark. And right. I think the joke I was being... I was, I was, I was trying was going indeed for ELO... Yes. Electric, Electric Light, Light Orchestra. Orchestra. Yes. Hey, it's basically the same thing. Oh, no, it's not the same thing. I'm probably <laughs> going to get tweeted at a lot. Hey, Kay. Hmm? I've got something cool. Yes. Um, Do tell. Well, okay, so picking a picking a, a fanfic this time around was actually a lot harder than I thought. Do you remember oh. how, how last time, after Kansas, yes. I went over to the Terraform Escapers board yeah. and you know, sort of complained that there were, weren't that many crazy fanfics? Okay. Do you know what I found when I went to 413 Terraforma? God, do tell. As many fanfics as the rest of the season so far. Oh, wow. At, like a dozen from a single author and then multiple authors doing that. It was really okay. extraordinary. I guess someone got, they got inspired again? Or was there a, like... I tried to figure that out. Like, I looked at the dates because the forum is very well, well organized and it yeah. actually lists dates for everything. And, like, some of them were indeed written immediately after, which is, like, it's so wild to me that there was this hiatus after 4.11 right. during which apparently not a lot of fanfic was submitted, but in the week between 4.13 and 4.14, it just exploded. It just exploded. Yeah. But there was also ones that were, like, written years apart that just the, the author sort of chose this moment as... I guess interesting things must have happened. Yeah, right. For people to think about and talk about. I mean, they're kind of hard. When is this airing? It's like... We've just watched 4.13. <laughs> okay, just checking. <laughs> and we are still going to see 4.14 twice shy, which we're very curious about, aren't we? Right, that's why I'm not asking. That's why I'm, that's why I asked. <laughs> no, I was going to say something, and I have to make sure that we... <laughs> even K is on Team K and protecting our <laughs> listeners who haven't seen it yet. Yes. Okay, but so I couldn't win for losing. I, I was so spoiled for choice. I, I looked at a bunch of them, and I realized like we've been we've actually been doing a lot of feelsy fanfics, which are yes. great. But I kind of felt like some variation, and then I remembered we are quite a bit behind on our Farscape magazines. Oh. Yeah, this is good news. I mean, coupled with some weird news, because do you remember the last Farscape magazine that I gave you? Yes, the double one. Yes, I gave you that twice. Yes. Which we didn't notice, and listeners at home also didn't notice that I gave you (laughs) Volume 4 twice, which you were very excited. It did have a different cover. I think it did, In all fairness, so that's... (laughs) But I've got a new one for you. Yes. We've got issue number five, originally airing in March, April 2002, so sort of ages ago. Yes. Oh, this is like almost an antique at this point. Publication was in full swing. Oh, yeah, we're getting up there. It's always so exciting when I get a new one of these, because I never know if it's going to be the last one, because, you know, I don't know when they stopped making these. It's like Oh, yeah. Maybe they just kept on making episode four over and over again. Well, I I know there's four (laughs) seasons, but I don't know how many... Episodes. So far, it's been roughly one episode per season. I love that you call them episodes. Well, uh, if you look at the dates. Sorry, uh, publication <laughs> per issues. season. Issues. No, please continue calling them episodes. I love it. 
Now, if you look at the dates, this is from uh, from 2002. So uh, I think season two was still in swing but at, it has the, info. at the time. It says info on season four. So they were like oh, maybe planning way ahead. So yeah, maybe I it was from it the, was. The, the hiatus. Oh, well, let's have, a, let, let's have a quick look yes, and see look what, at we the, can, uh, what we can see. Okay, well, we've got Jewel here. So that's definitely season three. Yes. Yeah, 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 totally. Zahn's uh, still there. Well, you know, they uh, kept, of course, talking to the prior actors. And mm-hmm. did Zahn, did Virginia Hay show up in season three? No, she didn't. Well, well a couple in, of cameos. In, in the beginning. Yeah. And in, uh, oh no, that was all season four. That was four. in season yeah, four, yeah, yeah, which no, absolutely, you know, the no readers of this particular oh. book wouldn't have uh, known yet. Oh, Who are you hello. looking at? I'm just, just like, went like, okay, he's showing up quite prominently here. But he being sorry, for the readers yes, at home. Of course, yes. What's name? Name. Jack. Uh, well, I was going to try. I was trying to go for the name of the actor, but oh, Kent McCord. Right. Yes, that's one. Yes, there's a big photo of Kent McCord and the and the word "daddy!" exclamation mark. Yes. Well, I'm trying to figure out where this is from because he's holding on to Aaron. So this is probably not actually daddy, but. One of the oh, Jack and, the Alien. This yeah. must be from the middle of season three. The uh, yeah, I think uh, so. Yeah. The death of uh, Blackshirt Crichton. Ah, and here we have like shirt. a lovely three times the same actor as a different alien. Ah, uh, yes, Francesca Buller as. Oh, can you name them? No, I would give you a million <laughs> points if you can name them. I'll give you. I'll give you a hundred points if you can name one without looking at the page. I'm by not, the way, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm yes. just looking at their pictures. Okay, so this was from the plant last lady from who was the the the, the, the bone eater the from bone, eater, uh, right, bone yes, to be wild at the that. end of season one. Um, yeah, very good. Can't this like looks like a um, one of the, the the wormhole people the time? Oh, one of the pathfinders. I think it's eh, one of the path- unfortunately, no? Oh. no, no. Okay, and I can't. What, I can't what if I what if I help you with? Does that help you no, identify? No, no, not at all. Okay. Well, there was these girls. See? So I'll take mm. you to see the, you know. Oh, it's the one with the beach party and the, yes, 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 uh, the, yes. That episode, yes. yes. And I can't, from place, can't remember the, the last one. It doesn't seem familiar. Is that the, the Shadow uh, Repository? At the Shadow Depository? No, unfortunately. No, uh, that was in Look at the Princess. She oh, was the, uh, the, the attendant the, the, the there. chambermaid, yeah, the, the, yes. the, the ladies, ladies' maid or whatever it was. Who wound yes. up betraying yes, our, our heroes. So, so those are Emily, Raxel, and Rona. Because I am a very good Farscape fan. <laughs> yes. And I am terrible with names, as, you, oh, no. as all listeners should well know by now. That <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should have challenges that like, come up with nicknames for La- them. Names literally go in one ear and out the other for me. It's terrible. Hey, so there's there should be oh, another God, fan... Uh, or, no, yeah. not not fan fiction as... Uh, no, no, I mean, it's canonical. If it's in Keith uh, R.A. DeCandido, whom yeah. I promise never again to call R.A. Salvatore, <laughs> pointed out these are licensed fictions. Therefore, they're canon, I suppose. Uh, the canonicity is debatable, okay. but like they're at least officially licensed and they're, uh, they're fictions and they're owned by the Jim Henson Company or whoever. Actually, in fact, I think whoever owns the rights to these magazines that are out of print. So maybe oh. there's technically, maybe... I, I mean, know, I have no idea who would. Reading. I don't know. I don't know who, who would own the copy. Will I mean, be cool? It'll be whomever licensed the show or owns the rights to the show, I, I suppose. I have no idea, but let's just everybody be cool, okay? Let's okay. not rock the boat and have ourselves a little story time. So yes, we have another story by Richard Manning. <gasps> Ricky Manning, Frunium yes. himself. Oh, I didn't even realize. Uh, Foscape writer and, and executive producer. And the yeah. story takes place during the season three premiere, Season of Death. 
and it's called Faces. Faces yes. It's got a nice big photo of Rigel. A rather is, uh, dour looking Rigel. Do you know it's pronounced doer? Doer, yes, I know. Uh, it's just like... Uh, I was uh, for, 42 for, years old when I learned that. Yes, I was 49 years old when I learned that. It's, it's just so and wild. It's taking a while to get out of the habit of saying it wrong. I was in my 20s when I was still saying Rykochet instead of Ricochet. Because I'd only ever mm. seen it written and I didn't, like, it didn't click that right. it was French. Oh, yes, this makes sense. Uh, All right. Oh, so, yes. I um, am... Okay, so... You've got the magazine, season, and season I've got three premiere, photos yes. that I'm watching on a very old iPad too. It has a very good screen. Yes. But oh my god! It's a, well, we it's have low. a photo of uh, Aaron in her casket, I suppoise with uh, <gasps> oh yes, with the coulter blade, and this is like kind of like faded on the side. There's a photo of uh, oh, what's his name again? Joel Jothy. 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 Yes, that was it. Who was, I guess, still around on that beginning? Of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, they must have just buried... I mean, it, it opened with them having buried Aaron, mm. who was definitely dead forever. Yes, totally. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, <laughs> yes. Unlike Zahn, who's coming back every other episode. Oh, <laughs> if only. <laughs> anyway, so, Faces by... Um, uh, Ricky Manning. Yeah. Manning actually wrote it himself. They didn't get a ghostwriter or anything for that. All right. Rigel sat in near darkness, munching from a bowl of crispy grolak. Grolak? Yes, grolak. Mm. Uh, movement in the passageway outside startled him, but it was merely one of Moya's DRD skittering past on its way to perform some chore. He yawned. Grolak always made him sleepy. Well, at the moment, there was little to do but sleep anyway. That frelling grunchlick had failed to deliver on his promise, so Rigel was once again stuck on Moya. Stuck on a damaged chip in tiny quarters with an insignificant amount of possessions. How depressing. <laughs> How far can a dominoes sink? <laughs> Rigel drowsily scanned his quarters, his portrait, his favourite utensils, his robes, his wholly inadequate share of the spoils from the shadow depository. <laughs> Meagre possessions indeed. Oh, that portrait that Zan painted for him, 20 yes. seconds. <laughs> Just as Rigel was nodding off, he vaguely realised that something was missing. It took his half-asleep brain a moment to identify what it was. His royal sash and pendant. Now, who could have taken... Rigel sat up with a start as full memory returned. Nobody had taken it. He'd given it away. Sadly, but willingly. He knew exactly where it was. In the coffin of Officer Aaron's son. Oh, he's going to go on a coffin, coffin oh, robin no. expedition. We know he's, he's done this before. It was on the grave planet. <laughs> yes, he, exactly. he has no qualms about grave robbery. <laughs> no, and he's exactly the kind of person who would give something solemnly as a gift and then realize he still wanted it and then sort of sneak back in. Pop the coffin and get back and out again. not feel weird about it at all. It's just as long as he so, doesn't fucking weekend at Bernie's her. It's the gesture that counts, you know. <laughs> No, it's not. (laughs) Sleep was impossible now. Rigel kept seeing Aaron's face, frozen white in death, locked into an expression of, what, defeat? No, not Aaron. Never defeat. Determination. She had forsworn the peacekeepers, but she'd never stopped being a soldier. Never given in to defeat, even as the icy water filled her lungs. Rigel was certain she'd fought to the very last breath. Good he hadn't Aaron. meant to give her his royal pendant. He'd worn it to her funeral to honour her, but as he'd approached to pay his last respects, he suddenly found himself placing his most treasured possession onto Aaron's casket. 
You are more worthy of this, he'd whispered. Also to his surprise, after all, despite Aaron's merit, she was neither Hynerian nor royalty. Oh, wow, Rigel. Rigel! Oh. He'd acted on impulse, which he knew was foolhardy behaviour from a dominar. Yet he'd meant what he'd said, and he fervently wished that her afterlife, if Sebastian's had such a thing, would be pleasant one, uh, where she could escape the struggle and torment that she still showed on her lifeless face. At peace, Aaron. It was the only benediction that had come to his lips. He'd wanted to say more, to salute her with orator oratory, yes, but there had been seemed no point. She was gone. He hoped she'd found peace. Oh. Rigel realised he was still holding a half-eaten piece of Grolak. He'd become so lost in morose thoughts that he'd actually forgotten to eat. Ooh. That was unsatisfactory, not to mention unhealthy. He was a dominar and had to persevere. He quickly swallowed the Grolak and reached for more. A bit too much shereal powder, perhaps, but not bad. Gianna had become quite a passable cook, which, he reflected, further put the lie to the little charade Gianna and Jothi had performed for his benefit. When he'd entered the centre chamber in search of food, the place looked like it had been hit by a Sheyang plasma bomb. <laughs> food, pots and cutlery everywhere. And there were Gianna and Jothi, breathing heavily, clothing askew, looking guilty as Dren. What the hezbana had happened in here? Rigel had demanded. Oh, Gianna stammered. We were making some, some sork wings and a pot exploded. Rigel couldn't believe that was the best lie she could come up with. You blew up a cockpit. Yikes. Sorry. A what? Did you? A what? Oh, wouldn't it be nice if someone edited this out? A pot cook. A cook pot, thank you. There you go. Oh. Uh, in, my, in my defense, this is white lettering on a light blue background, and I've got a hard time reading it. <laughs> and I poured you rather a stiff Negroni. <laughs> Jothi chimed in equally unconvincingly. We used too much Lutro oil. The Grolak's fine, though. Mm, nice and crispy, Gianna added, thrusting a bowl at Rigel. Here, sit down and eat. Uh, I'll give the uh, uh, salt wings another try. Now I've got to pop over to the next page, which... I will do in, we have just in a moment, and it's refreshing, and gosh, there is a fine, fine device for its time, but it's showing its age. Obviously, Tiana and Jothi had been up to what the peacekeepers quaintly termed recreating. Rigel decided to file the entire incident under information that might be useful someday. I.e. blackmail. <laughs> yeah! And allow Tiana and Jothi to think they'd fooled him. He took the bowl of Grolak. I'll consume this in a room without detonating crockery, thank you very much. Rigel still remembered the looks of relief on Chana and Jothi's face at the exit. He fully understood why they'd been so disturbed. If Dargo ever found out that his lover had been cheating on him with his son, he'd doubtless kill at least one of them, possibly both. At the thought of Dargo, Rigel frowned. In his opinion, Dargo had a horrendous temper, even for a Luxon, and his face had only two expressions— a disdainful scowl and an angry scowl, which, <laughs> given the amount of latex... I mean, he's clearly not been looking at uh, Dargo's eyes, because... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Could you look anywhere else? Do you really? Just beautiful eyes. <laughs> really, though? <laughs> I mean, that would be like, yes, that would work actually perfectly, that G from the uh, from the episode where he leans over to... Uh, to uh, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah. Really, though? <laughs> Down on the ice planet in the corridors of the medical centre, Rigel had just been on the receiving end of the disdainful scowl. You haven't told us what brought you down here, Rigel had Dargo 
had said sourly. Not surely, by the way. Hey, English, get your act together. <laughs> wow, when did that ever happen? Merely concerned for Crichton, Rigel had replied. Wanted to make sure there were no problems. That's when Dargo had given him the look of disdain! Capitalised. And for what? It was Rigel who discovered that there were problems, that Crichton was babbling incoherently on the operating table, and that the surgeon, diagnosing Tocot, was collapsed on the floor, barely moving. It was Rigel who'd promptly conned Moya to let the others know. It was Rigel who'd followed Zahn's instructions. Turn on the green light to the biological neutralizer, turn off the whatever it was called that had made Crichton's skull see-through, and get Tocot breathing again, by any means possible. Rigel shuddered at the... Memory. Hey, yes. Never again did he want to perform artificial respiration on a diagnosin. They were simply too grotesque, and their facial orifices were, well, moist. <laughs> Regardless, Rigel had complied and saved Tocot's life. And what had the Luxon contributed? Nothing. But before Rigel could point any of this out, Dargo had thrust a hand under the throne sled's cushions. A severe breach of privacy. Hey, Rigel had protested. I don't even permit my wives to do that. <laughs> Dargo hadn't listened, had instead yanked out a handful of gemstones, Rigel's rightful property. Again the scowl. You came to bury, buy something. What? Under the circumstances, hey, not to, like, briefly slip into what our friend Crimson once called CPR-scape, but, like, what he was talking about, he did not want to perform CPR on, on Tokot yeah. because, because his orifices were moist. Mm-hmm. That's actually valid. Mm-hmm. Right, as much as and it, as much as it's noble to, to 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 help other people in in times of need, uh, I think the like the 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 tenets of, of first aid are like keep yourself safe, and if you if you actually don't want to do something, don't yeah, no, do it. Totally, if it's like gross or whatever, something has gone on, someone has like you know being throwing up, and you're like, no, I'm not doing that. Then yeah, just do the compressions. Yeah, better than nothing. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I believe in even the US, they don't even bother with the breathing anymore, at least not if you're not a professional. Right. I but, mean, chest uh, do over, here, anyway. over here, they still teach you to, to uh, do the, the breathing as well. But. Now, I've understood that in uh, uh, Japan, respiration or uh, CPR became a lot more successful after they stopped teaching mouth to mouth. I can see people would be more comfortable to actually go ahead and start it. To just yes. do the compressions. Yeah, yeah. okay. Fair so. enough. Anyway. Uh, let's see, where were we? Uh, under the um, under the circumstances, Rigel thought his response had been quite restrained. I don't see how that's it's your business. And the Luxon had actually grabbed Rigel's earbrows. The absolute temerity. What are you after? An escape route? Rigel's patience was wearing thin. Well, what if I am? Say so. Don't pretend you ever gave a grantus brax about Crichton, Aaron, or anyone else, you selfish pile of dram. That's when Rigel had lost it. Whoa. No domino should have to bear a tenth of this indignity. Furious, he gunned the throne sled into reverse, yanked free of Dargo's grip, and displayed something else he'd kept in the sled. A short, sharp blade. Whoa. See this knife, Luxon? I carried it in my teeth when I swam to the bottom of that freezing cold lake. I used it to cut Aaron's corpse free from its harness... And if you ever lay hands on me again, I'll use it to slice off your mivogs. Rigel had meant it, and Argo had known it. Neither gave an inch. Fortunately for the Luxon, the standoff was interrupted by a groan echoing through the corridors. The sound led them to find Tokot's business partner, Grunchik, in pain, slumped on the floor. Grunchik's arm was bleeding from what looked like a short-range pulse blast. Oh, we know how we got that mm. one. Very short-range. Hmm. 
help. Scorpius shot me. Took the chip. When? Snapped Dargo. Ah, a couple of hours ago. Gone now. Long gone. Dargo moved to take a look at Grunchik's wound, but Grunchik waved him away. I'm all right. Bleeding stopped. What about the doc? Is he dead? No, said Darko. We managed to save him. Uh, Rigel couldn't believe it. He promptly set the record straight on that score. Uh, I managed to save him, Dargo. If you wish to make yourself useful for a change, go check on him. Grunchik and I will catch up. Oh, we'll see what he's doing there. Your concern for others is overwhelming, sneered Darko. Clearly he suspected that Rigel wanted a private word with Grunchlick. Rigel didn't care. Let the Luxem believe what he wanted, as long as he went away. And with one more look of disdain, Dargo did just that. Grunchik was shakily getting to his feet as Rigel went nose to nose with him. The ship I ordered, where is it? Grunchlick shrugged. Uh, the Hiznoids cancelled the order. Notoriously undependable. Find another source. Only one I know. Sorry. That's hardly good enough. I gave you a deposit. What happened to service paid, service rendered? Grunchlick glared at Rigel. Rigel glared right back. Then Grunchlick fumbled in a pocket for the gigantic gemstone Rigel had given him. Rigel held out a hand for it, but Grunchlick contemptuously dropped it on the floor and staggered off. How petty can you get, Rigel had thought as he retrieved the stone. <laughs> wow. I mean, yes. Wow. <laughs> now, still nibbling Grolak, uh, Rigel tried to decide who had the uglier scowl, Dargo or Grunchlick. At length, he gave up and declared it a dead heat. Rigel stifled a yawn. People were constantly misjudging him. Even Zahn had recently snapped at Rigel, oh, Zahn, about the spoils from their raid of the Shadow Depository. Moya is burned, badly crippled because of our desires, Zahn had said. Was all that wealth worth it? As if the whole thing had been Rigel's idea and not that madman Stark's. As if Rigel weren't donating most of his own share of the proceeds to help pay the diagnosis fee for treating Moya's injuries. I still hope we see, get to see Stark again. Oh, that'd be nice. However, once Rigel had pointed that out, Zahn had been big enough to admit she was wrong. The blue bitch certainly had her failings, but she was honest. Mm. Maybe all that spiritual dren of hers actually did bring her some serenity most of the time. She was most calmer. Oh, no, sorry. Most of the time, she was most calmer and far more sensible than any of the others, with the exception, naturally, of himself. <laughs> and, truth be told, Rigel found her placid Delvian features less unpleasant than Dargos, Grunchlicks, and many others he could name. Funny how the females of a given species usually had more attractive faces than the males, with the exception, naturally, of Hynerians. What? The femalis of the species. Okay, so he's, he's saying... That the males have more attractive faces than the females of his own species. Right, because he of himself, he's so vain that he thinks males in general, you know? That's not gay at all. Like, no, no. Van vanity is not gay. Narcissus, no. he wasn't gay. <laughs> he is in my fanfics. Well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's in a lot of fanfics. I actually have no idea, but he seems, he, seems, he seems the type. <laughs> is fanfic the kind of thing that, like, antique scholars do? I am pretty sure that most of Greek mythology is mostly fanfic, but it just got canonized. Yeah, yeah, and instead of, like, printing it on their own blogs, they carved it into pottery. 
<laughs> I'm fairly certain that's true, actually. Yeah. I'd like to talk to a historian about that, but I, I suspect that they might agree with me. I wonder how many how many teenage uh, young women and men sort of tried to sneak the crockery out of the kitchen for some alone time in their in their room. I found this jug under. Oh no, jugs! Oh my god! Oh dear! My anyway. son is into jugs. Oh no! Well, at least he's not gay then. No, no, they're the gay jugs. Oh no! Anyway. Anyway. Perhaps. I think we might have to put a PG warning on this episode. Oh, that's fine. I was talking about actual jugs. No, no, totally. Um, although some of them do have boobies on them. Listen, perhaps that's why Rigel had stopped to speak with Zahn on his way out of the medical centre. After the unpleasant episode with Darko and Brunchlik, Rigel wanted nothing more than to get back to Moya and find something to eat. Yet, en route to the transport pod, he spotted Zahn sitting outside in the snow. Another of her silly Delvian meditations, no doubt. Probably best to leave the crazy veggie alone. Yes, maybe he was just like trying to go into like a slightly, slightly dormant phase, as plants are want to do when they hit snow, snowy times. Oh yeah, yeah it can, yes, like like uh, slow, 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 slow down the metabolism. Yes, but she hadn't. More impulsive behavior. This was getting to be b- a bad habit. You're all right, he asked with more gruffiness than he felt, as he didn't want the Delvian getting any idea that he cared one way or the other about her answer. Zan wasn't all right. Her voice was barely a whisper. I failed, Rigel. Failed at what? Helping John. I wasn't strong enough. Because of that, Aaron died. That wasn't your fault. It wasn't even Crichton's fault. It was that frilling ship Scorpius put in Crichton's head. But now that he uh, started pouring out words, Zahn wasn't about to stop. It was my fault. The Scorpius clone was in the neurochip tricked me. When Crichton asked me to join him in unity, it was really the Scorpius clone speaking through Crichton. Serves me right for asking, Rigel thought. <laughs> She'll never shut up now. No good deed goes unpunished. You couldn't have known that. I should have anticipated it. Even then, I should have been able to break the bond of unity I'd established. But the Scorpius clone was more powerful. It forced me to release Crichton from the restraints. Because of that, the Scorpius-controlled Crichton was able to flee in the module and force a collision with Aaron's Prowler when she gave chase. There's a lot more exposition in this than I'm used to from from Farscape scripts. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's like stuff that they actually put in the script, but then they don't make explicit and they just like to try to put it out through imagery. I like that. Yeah. Ooh, hang on. So, uh, yes. Zahn, if Aaron had this uh, sense to carry a knife with her when she was rushed off, she could have cut herself loose from her jammed harness when her uh, ejector seat sank into the leg. Harsh, perhaps, but fact. Anything to snap Zahn out of her self-pity. Isn't the knife, like, standard equipment for pilots for like pretty much exactly this reason mm, well but probably a knife but that's probably more the survival kit uh, i'd more expect a seatbelt cutter you know one of those little things which don't have sharp pointy bits sticking out randomly into the cabin when there's oh, high sure, yes. around okay yes yes but yes potato potato it's still, <laughs> okay. a, it's still a knife I, I would expect so yes oh, I mean. a blade a blade but zan was scarcely listening then I failed Crichton again, just after you saved Tokot. I went into unity with Crichton a second time. You did? Whatever for? We didn't know what else to do. Tokot was still recovering and couldn't communicate with us yet. 
Crichton was speaking only gibberish, but seemed desperate to tell us something. Grinchlick thought perhaps Tokot's surgery had failed, that Crichton's brain was permanently damaged. Dargo suggested that the only way we'd find out for sure was if I shared unity with Crichton. You let him talk you into that? Stark agreed. Now there's a recommendation. (laughs) He said the evil was gone, now that the neurochip had been removed. But I could still sense it. Zahn took a deep breath. Stark said if the evil was still there, we had to find that out as well. (laughs) You should have told Stark and Dargo to go claim a flank tree. (laughs) But Stark was right. And he reminded me that I wasn't alone this time. Zahn trailed off. Rigel was beginning to shiver in the cold. Well, having started this, he had to let her finish, but as quickly as possible. Go on, Zahn. What happened? I went into Unity, but I couldn't find Crichton at first. Then I heard the Scorpius clone. Over here, Delvian. Mm, This surprised Rigel. The clone thing was still in there, without the chip. How? I don't know. But there it was, as powerful and as evil as before. I backed away, but it shook its head. I won't harm you. Crichton and I need you to do something for us. I asked where Crichton was. The Scorpius clone stepped aside and allowed me to find him. Crichton looked drained, defeated. As I approached, he spoke a weak, Hey, Blue, but he barely looked up. I told him that the diagnosis was still alive, that he might be able to restore his powers of speech. Crichton wasn't interested. Got nothing left to say. I pointed out the clone. John, there must be a way to get rid of that evil. <laughs> I'd forgotten how much I uh, love your impersonation of, of Zahn. Crichton met my eyes for the first time. There is, he said. It took me a few micros to realise what he was suggesting. I told him not to give up hope, but he wouldn't listen. Too late. Scorpius has the wormhole information now. He's home free, and Aaron's gone. The pain on his face, I cannot describe it. He pleaded with me. Scorpius sentenced me to live. Zan, I don't want to. Zan shuddered. That's when Dargo and Stark forced me to break unity. They told me I had been sobbing. Oh, I don't doubt it. And then? Then I attempted to kill Crichton. You what? He was in agony, Rigel. It's what he wanted, but I failed even in that. Dargo and Stark stopped me, then forced me out of the room. Good, Rigel thought. Even if a mercy killing was indeed the best option, he couldn't imagine Zahn having to live with that. Oh, that's sympathetic. Let's see what Tokot can do. As you said to Crichton, one shouldn't give up hope. As inspirational speeches went, it wasn't much, but it seemed to cheer Zahn just a bit. She managed the tiniest of smiles for Rigel, then crossed her limbs and fingers in the meditation posture once again. Rigel gratefully took that as his cue to leave. It was frelling cold out here. (sighs) Another yawn. All the Grolak was gone, and Rigel's eyes were closing. His tired brain fuzzily registered one more face. Female, strong features, ink black hair. The dim perception slowly solidified. Rigel knew this face. It was Aaron Sun's. The face spoke. Rigel! Yes, that was definitely her voice, low and precise. Well, well, thought Rigel hazily. It's either a dream or a ghost. I don't like ghosts, so I prefer to believe it's a dream. (laughs) He doesn't. He forced his eyes fully open, but the dream didn't disappear. Instead, it held out an object that glinted in the light from the corridor. Some sort of medallion of Hynerian design. 
his royal sash and pin. Oh, wow. More perplexed than ever, Rigel took the proffered pendant. It felt solid, real. But if the pendant was real, that meant the dream was real as well. She seemed to read his thoughts, gently touched his face. Yes, Rigel, it's me. I'm alive. Ah, Strange, thought Rigel. I'm having difficulty breathing, which is a common Hynerian response to an emotional shock. But I don't feel an emotional shock. I just feel curious. He forced himself to speak. How? Zahn and Stark, they pulled their energies, brought me back somehow, she said it with a sorrow, if she wouldn't have been happier not to come back. Rigel had no idea how to respond. Several thoughts were swirling at once. So Zahn didn't fail this time? Stark helped. The lunatic actually made a situation better instead of worse. Come to think of it, I helped as well, if we'd left her corpse at the bottom of that lake. I'm still not entirely convinced that this isn't a dream. Perhaps I should swear off Chiana's Grolak. It obviously doesn't agree with me. Aaron seemed at a loss for words as well. She took the royal sash and pendant from Rigel's hand, slipped the sash over Rigel's head, Aww. arranged the pendant on his chest. You honoured me with this. I won't forget. Oh! Rigel was breathing normally now. No, this was no dream. She truly had returned. He drew himself to full height, met her eyes, and started to say, Welcome back, Officer Sun, in his finest royal proclamation voice. But to his surprise, the words came out differently. Welcome home, Aaron. Impulsive behaviour yet again. He would really have to do something about that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, Richard Manning describes himself as an ageing hack writer who has churned out episodes for such diverse television shows as Star Trek The Next Generation, Fame Beyond Reality, Tech War, Estos Quo, Space Precinct, Sliders, Space and, oh Precinct. yes, Farscape. Richard is the writer of Throne for a Loss, That Old Black Magic, Nerve, Mind the Baby, Won't Get Fooled Again, Season of Death, Incubator, and more to come, as we've oh, seen. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. There's some names here that I really recognize. Tech War. Do you remember that? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. That was, was that the failed William Shatner thing? I wouldn't say it was failed. Like oh. it had... It had four television movies and a 22-episode season and mm. a video game and several novels. Okay, okay. Um, I, I, I take back my... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, knew, you know, I, I knew was, it existed, it but that's about the only franchise. Yeah. I still know. Well, let's wow. say I'd never made it onto Dutch syndicate television. Or did it? It did because it did. I saw it. Okay. I saw those four those four films, and then I sort of okay. eventually managed to acquire through you know sparkling streaming. Mm. Back <laughs> in the day before that was on the on, on the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I mean it's only it's it's, uh, it's only streaming now. Never mind. Oh, spe- yes, no, I know, I know. <laughs> It's from the it's from the champagne region of the the download Internet, section. Yes. Otherwise, it's like sparkling acquisition. That's what it's called. <laughs> oh, space precinct. We're going to have to figure out some way to cram in great great high hiatai. Oh, how many do we still have coming? Not a lot, because yeah. it's like a straight shot through the season four, which, as we know, is the end of the season yes. series. Yeah, we're going to have to figure something out because space precinct. You absolutely have to see. Jerry Anderson. Do you know who Jerry Anderson is from uh, Super Mario Nation? I know the name. Uh, Thunderbirds. Oh, right, of course. Uh, him. Yes. Scarlet. Yes. I think Space Precinct is a show that was produced by uh, the Jerry Anderson Studios and was like half live action, half animatronics. Okay. That sounds like 
well, a little bit more than uh, animatronics than we have in Farscape, but otherwise... Yeah. All right. Exosquad I don't recognize, but there we go. So, uh, well done. Thank you for joining us for another Tales of the Uncharted. Earth. Just Earth. 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 Tales, Tales of Earth. Earth. Yes, Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt Earth. No, no way. Uh, join us next week for another regular episode. Season 4, episode 14, Twice Shy, which we're really looking forward to. So, uh, from here, as we say... I'm uh, Kaki. I'm Kay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.